Hey guys, this is Pastor Zach, and you are listening to Sermon Notes here at HPC. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it gets into some good stuff here, and, uh, and I just love it. I think it's so important, and, I, and I, I want us to hear with our spirit this morning. That's kind of what this is all about. Lord, help us do it. It starts like this. It says, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual men, but as to men of flesh. I hate a spanking from an apostle. It just, it hurts where you don't want it to hurt. As to infants in Christ, I gave you milk to drink, he says in verse 2, not solid food. Many of your Bibles say meat there because it's more appropriately translated meat. But it says, for you were not yet able to receive it. Everybody say, receive it. Indeed, even now you're not yet able, for you are still fleshly. For since there's jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly and are you not walking like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another says, I am of Apollos, are you not mere men? What then is Apollos and what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. Some of your Bibles say, but God brought the increase. Everybody say, God brought the increase. God Yes. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. Dang. All right. But God who causes the growth. All right. Let's talk about this for a second. These first couple of verses, you know, it's interesting we're going to talk about maturity for a few minutes, but before we do, I want to remind you that when Jesus talks about holiness and defilement, he's, he's, you know, challenged by the Pharisees and the disciples, and at every turn, there's people like, well, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? Jesus makes this statement and in the Gospels, and it's, it's pretty powerful because the Old Testament law was all based on what you don't do, like don't touch this, don't eat that, don't say this, don't go there. And, uh, and so when people are talking about, you know, uh, touching the dead, for instance, that was in the Mosaic law as, uh, you know, something that defiled you, that you would have to go through a ceremonial cleansing if you had touched the dead. Jesus sa says this of defilement. He says that it's determined by what comes out of our mouths rather than what goes in them. Right? He's talking about eating. And then we see Peter in the New Testament too, and he has that vision, Right? And, and talks to Cornelius because what, what Jesus says of all these unclean animals in the vision, he says to Peter, Peter, kill and eat. Go ahead. Have your fill. Basically, you know, it's okay to have bacon now. Everybody say amen. Amen. Someone gets baptized in the spirit over that. Just bacon. I'm just so glad that it's not what goes in our mouths that defiles us. Thank you, Jesus. But it's what comes out. Now, this is interesting, and it is in reference to holiness and defilement. No longer is it what we eat. No longer is it if I, if I touch um, uh, the, something dead that I have to go through this ceremony. No, it's what comes out of us. It's now the actions that come out of us. It's the words that come out of us that determine holiness or not, we know Jesus determines holiness, but in terms of our own conduct and our own sanctification and our own walking with the Lord. So I love 
that statement, but right here in Corinthians, we see that the exact opposite of that is true regarding maturity. Maturity is measured, look at, he says this, because you're immature, you have to eat milk. If you were spiritually mature, then you would be able to digest meat. It's not what's coming out that's determining spiritual maturity. It's what's able to come in. And I, I love this because what's able to come in, it's that, that it's, that's what's, what brings the growth that then enables us to understand that next step that Jesus is talking about in the Gospels about, about holiness and defilement and, and, and how there's a whole new paradigm of what we are to expect and the standards that we hold ourselves to. So we see that maturity is measured not by what we produce, but rather by what produces us. Peter, I want to see that on an Instagram post later today. Spiritual maturity is not determined by what we produce, but rather by what produces us. Because whatever we take in is what's causing growth. It's what's producing us. Okay? If you're just drinking, you know, I heard one time years ago, so I used to drink one of these roughly three times a day with regular cream and sugar. We were talking about this this morning. A little bit of coffee in there. Yeah, it was, it was mostly cream and sugar. And, uh, and when I, I had heard somewhere on the radio that a medium coffee five days a week with regular cream and sugar, not extra, extra, just regular cream and sugar, five days a week, a medium coffee equals 11 pounds a year. Okay? So on my 30th birthday, I remember because uh, Collington played a show at the Met and because Ashley set up a big birthday for me at the Met and it was my 30th birthday. And um, so we were going to play the show and I remember carrying road cases in with one of these and it was the very first black one that I ever got, like a black coffee, iced black coffee. And I come with, and I'm like, my first couple of sips, I'm like, God, this tastes terrible. It's poison, it's poison. The cream and the sugar were like the salt that the prophet throws into the bitter waters, you know, and like, you know, causes them to bring life again. But anyway, so, but because I drink a 32 ounce, by the time I'm at the bottom, I'm like, it's not that bad. Spiritual maturity, oh, and then I never went back after that. I never went back to cream and sugar. And now whenever I take a little sip of it, I'm like, <laughs> I get flashbacks from the Bible belt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I make up for my sugar intake and sweet tea, so, and Pop-Tarts. So the thing here is, is that kind of like that coffee, our spiritual maturity is determined by what we're able to digest, what, what, is, what is able to be deposited in us. And I think sometimes because we're so like tangibility focused, we're so production focused that we, uh, we love to look at somebody's fruit and, uh, and determine what their spiritual maturity is, right? Um, but here's a newsflash. Plants of any age can produce nearly identical fruit. So uh, uh, now some plants are a little different. But the majority of plants hanging off of a tree, an apple, you wouldn't know if that tree was four, five, six, seven years old or, you know, 40 years old. You wouldn't necessarily know. The apple looks like an apple. Fair? 
by and large, that apple's even going to taste like an apple. And so when we're super fruit focused, which we are, the Bible tells us to be super fruit focused. But when we're, when we're so fruit focused that our, our maturity gauge is based on what we're producing, then we can totally miss what the apostle is saying to the early church here. And that is that our, our real growth in the Lord is not determined by what's hanging off of us, by, but by what he can put in us. And so I, uh, I, I am hearing this as a challenge. And I want to just say a couple more things about this. Uh, of course, I'm doing a little bit of research on plants as I'm like writing this. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting because um, young, young plants, while they can produce fruit, they are still absorbing different things required for growth. So they're not to the size that they need to be yet. They're not to the ideal size for that, um, for that specific plant or tree to produce the fruit that it should. And so as they're growing, they're absorbing different things, and that outcome does uh, manifest in the fruit. So for instance, in some years, like the early life of a tree, of an apple tree or uh, something like that, the fruit can be really big, but it's kind of like watery. Like there's, there's not the right ratio of sugars uh, to pulp in that fruit. Why? Because the tree's absorbing and making decisions for the sake of growth, not for the sake of fruit yet. And, and saints, once that tree balances out, now it's taking in the proper balance of everything needed, not just to grow, but to produce balanced fruit. Other, other, other uh, uh, plants that, um, that are in their process, sometimes you'll take that thing and there's a, a too high of a concentration of sugar. And so the fruit still doesn't taste quite right because uh, the, the, the chemical process that's required to make that fruit is taking a back seat to the process required to strengthen that tree up against winds and, and rains and, and send roots down to all the right places. And so when we're up here talking about spiritual intake, this is why, this is why small groups matter. Okay, shameless plug one more time for small groups. This is why small groups matter, because we need to be more concerned about our intake than we are about the fruit that we're bearing. The fruit you're bearing doesn't tell me anything about you. Now, we can be judges of that fruit and say, this fruit is good, or this fruit isn't good, or this fruit is, uh, you know, hanging too far out over this tree on this end, and it's going to kill the tree, so we're going to go ahead and prune what even looks to be fruitful to save the life of the tree. And some of you are in this room, and you've had limbs cut off of you in the past because your very life was at stake. Some of you, your marriage was at stake. Some of you, your family was on the line, and you were willing to let yourself die in a way that the Lord didn't want you to in order to keep that fruitful branch alive. But fortunately, the Lord loves us more than that. And sometimes he'll come along with his lobbing shears, his chainsaw. And it's like a heaven chainsaw massacre. He's like, <laughs> just goes crazy. And you feel like all naked and like, well, where's the fruit now? Well, you need to still keep growing. You grew lopsided and now you're going to grow straight in Jesus name. Okay. So. Spiritual maturity is measured not by what we produce but rather by what produces us. Is it milk or is it meat? Is it milk or is it meat? What produces us? 
And the real determination there is, are we eating with our flesh or are we eating with our spirit? Your spirit, man, will not mature past infancy if you are only eating with your flesh. Your spirit, man, will starve to death if you are only eating with your flesh. Can you receive a word in your spirit? See, I think a lot of church has, a lot of church, capital C church, we have forfeited the spiritual meal of the word of God. We have forfeited the spiritual nourishment of an intimacy uh, with the Holy Spirit, and we've exchanged it for something that satisfies the flesh. But we paint God all over it, so it still looks good. You know what I'm saying? It's still playing on Christian radio stations. It's still sold on Christian bookstore shelves. It's still, it's still something, you know, in the soul study, we talk about chicken soup for the soul. The thing is, though, that that soulish part of us is not our spirit man. And the soulish thing within us can be fed every day with a motivational uh, page of a book or a one-liner or a this or a that or a song. But at the end of the day, our spirit man has not been fed and will not grow. Prophetic voices. Uh, a lot of times, you know, especially in Pentecostal tradition, we, um, we know folks who operate in the prophetic. And it's kind of like... You know, when you, when you hear stuff in the prophetic, uh, you, you kind of immediately think like, whoa, like, whoa, spiritual giant. Oh. Especially when they add like some King James, you know, words to it. It's like, whoa, that must have been God because God speaks in King James, right? I don't know. Let me tell you something. Might hurt, especially for folks in here who are prophets, but prophetic voices aren't mature because of what they hear. They're mature because of what they hear with. The Bible says that the gifts of God are without repentance. That means that folks who, who have a prophetic gift in their life, and this goes for everything, but we're just going to hit the prophetic because it's an easy target right now. Um, that, right? Yeah. But, but there are folks who are incredibly anointed prophetically, but they're, they're hearing from God like they ought to be, but they're hearing the right thing, but they're hearing with the wrong thing. They're hearing with the flesh. Over the years, we've had a slew of, um, not a slew, but a handful of like, um, you know, the old school term is doomsday prophets, uh, you know, but folks who, you know, it's the, the judgment message. And, um, and what's crazy about that is that I believe that these folks are hearing from the Lord, but there's something in our flesh that gets satisfied. There's our fleshly sense of justice that is fed when we start to talk about judgment because we, with our natural eyes, see the world around us. And we're willing to forfeit what's really on the Father's heart, by the way. If you know his heart, then you're singing a different song. But when you don't, your natural eyes see the world around us, and your flesh hears what the Lord is saying, and your interpretation, 
the result on the other side of the equals mark is judgment, doom. But then you hear somebody who's hearing with their spirit, man. And the result of that is something very different. They're hearing the same word from the Lord, but it's their spirit that's doing the interpreting. It's their spirit that's doing the digesting and the receiving. And saints, it's so important that, you know, we're, we're not just happy with our gifts. If you listen to the, um, the uh, what do we have there on Fridays? The podcast, um, the Our House podcast, A to, a to Z. Um, a, a number of weeks ago, we talked about gifts and how oftentimes we, we settle into our gifts and we get really comfortable and, and we learn to love it. Uh, and so with this gift then, you know, we, we feel like this is my connection to God and this is my connection to the church and I'm all set. But, you know, there's, there can be a really serious immaturity that goes along with that, that we need to be careful of. How many of you as a kid, you got a telescope? Anybody get a telescope? I got one. Birthday, Christmas, you know, middle school age, something like that. That's back before we had phones and all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, you'd set that telescope up, and, like, I never could, like, figure anything out, but it looked so cool. You know what I'm saying? It was, like, right at my window, like, you know, tilted this way. It's the neighbor's house. Tilted this way. It's the moon. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm kind of like, what? Why does this thing keep swiveling like that? It's on a swivel for a purpose, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get the full counsel here. And uh, so, so, but I never could quite, like, get the thing focused, whatever. But I had a telescope. Saints, here's the deal. You can get a tick, hit a telescope. But it doesn't make him an, an astronomer. You can even see the moon through the telescope. But stop acting like you're Neil stinking Armstrong because you got a telescope for Christmas. Like, that is not spiritual maturity. It's what comes into us, not what we can go out. It's, it's how are we receiving? How are we hearing? How are we digesting? What are you eating with? We got to keep going. Oh, my word, I could just talk about this all day. But I'll say this in closing. A generation that only absorbs shallow things. Well, Zach, can I just live on milk? I know that's Finn's question all the time. Finn drinks more milk than the rest of our family combined. And it's, it's obviously, it shows. It's paying off. I mean, this kid's ripped. Just like his old man. You know what I'm saying? A generation that only absorbs shallow things will only be capable of shallow things. And they'll become distraught over deeper things. Deeper things. Deeper things like pandemics. Deeper things like social unrest. Deeper things like government and healthcare implosion. When we're living off of milk, everything is scary. Because you haven't developed the spiritual muscular infrastructure to deal with the deeper things. So when your spiritual intake is an Instagram feed, when your spiritual intake is whatever motivational person is, you get a five-minute blip of in between your shows, there's nothing in you that can stand against the tide of all the garbage. And so when something like, like COVID comes across our screens, there's nothing in us that holds us up and we're on our back. 
for two years plus. We're on our back. There was nothing, there, 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 there was no maturity. There was nothing to match that level of onslaught. Saints, when we're hearing with our spirit and our spirit man grows, when our spiritual muscles, Zach, what does this mean? It means that you have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's what it means. Okay, you just have to be. You just got to be. You will get into heaven just being saved. But your life here will be fruitless and hard. Your life here is going to suck if you don't get filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? All right. And I just want to, I, I just have a couple more points I got to get to here. So let's go to three and four. For you are still fleshly, for since there's jealousy and strife among you. That word jealousy, I want to talk about jealousy and strife for just a minute. That word jealousy comes from a Greek word, zelos, um, which actually sounds kind of like jealous, but it's not. It's actually where we get the word zeal from. And the majority of times this word is translated is translated as zeal. Zeal sounds like something good, doesn't it? Especially when it's in reference to who our religious leadership is coming from. Look, if you read that line, he says, for you're still fleshly, for since there's jealousy and strife among you, you're not able, right, uh, blah, 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 you're not, right here, you're not walking like, you're, aren't you walking like mere men? For when one says, I'm of Paul, and another, I'm of Apollos. So he's saying that the, the, the jealousy and the strife, or let's say the zeal, the zeal, and that word strife, it means uncertain affinity. It's like this idea that we're restless and contentious, but we don't even know why. You know why? Because our spirit is weak and our flesh is strong and our flesh is always ready for a fight even if we don't know what we're fighting for. Zeal. Specifically in regards to whose religious teaching we're adhering ourselves to. Not only is this immature, but it's not of the spirit at all. This is the determining factor. This is the litmus test of whether or not you're in the spirit or in the flesh. Where is your zeal? Peter's zeal for Jesus ended up ended up cutting off a soldier's ear that Jesus then had to heal while he's saying to Peter, get behind me, Satan. We've got to watch our zeal. Zeal turns into jealousy. This is the kind of, the, 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 this is sort of like um, a misspent zeal. This is like, uh, this is the word that's used when it talks, the scripture talks about a jealous husband, right? It's like a zeal for your wife, but it's an unhealthy zeal. It's a zeal that uh, is sort of misplaced because you wouldn't have to be zealous in that area if you were strong in all the areas that you're supposed to be. So you're overextending in this area, kind of like that one limb. Look at all the fruit on this limb. Yeah, but look at all the rot over on this side. No, don't look at that side. Look at all the fruit on this limb. God, help us. Zeal and strife. Zeal and strife. There's a lot of argument in the church. Not really so much in our church. Sometimes there is. And we we got to be careful, though. Because I feel like contention in general, a lot of us, are, are we've turned politics into our religion. 
Okay? We got to be so careful about this, guys. We got to be so careful. Some of y'all have political bumper stickers, but not nothing about Jesus. I'm not advocating Jesus bumper stickers. I'm just, you know what I'm saying? I just, I, I'll tell you this. One thing God never does, he never argues. He never argues. He doesn't argue. He might keep saying the same thing over and over again, but he doesn't ever have to justify himself. He doesn't, he doesn't waste the time necessarily explaining himself to somebody who doesn't want to hear it. You know what I'm saying? So there's no contention in the Godhead. There's no like, they're not sitting around up there trying to decide who's going to take lead on this. Is it the Father? Is it the Son? Is it the Holy Spirit? No! No! Come on! So, so this zeal and this strife regarding specifically things of our faith, and for those of you who have turned other things into your faith, and really, let's call them what they are, they're idols, okay? And, and we're exhausting ourselves, fighting battles that we were never called to fight, while our spirit man is losing the spiritual warfare that's waged against us. Jesus, help us. All right, so we're, gonna, we're just going to keep going because this ends well. I'm telling you, it ends well. Verse 5. What then is Apollos and what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed. Even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one, I planted, Apollos watered. But it was God who brought the increase. <laughs> Listen, every time I've ever heard this passage referenced, it's by pastors who are trying to excuse themselves. They're trying to shirk responsibility. Well, I'm just the one that sowed the seed. Somebody else can water. I'm going to kick my feet up. You know what the irony of that is? We, we, we excuse ourselves, church leaders. We excuse ourselves when we fail to shepherd people and love people the way that Jesus does, we, uh, we excuse ourselves by saying, well, somebody else can water them. Well, somebody else can water them, but if you pulled them out of the ground and ripped them up in a million pieces and then set them on fire, that water will just put the fire out. That's it. So high five to the next guy. The irony of this passage being used for this point you ready for this? Is that it's not about Paul and it's not about Apollos. He says in the next line, we're nothing. We're nothing. We're nothing. It is God who brings the increase. If your growth has been brought about by a man, then it's the wrong kind of growth. If your head is growing, it's the wrong kind of growth. If your spirit is growing, then it was the Father who brought the increase. You see how it works? Apollos, Paul. Guys, I'm, I'm guilty of this. I'm like, you know, people come, you invest in them, then they go because the worship was too long or you said something offensive once or twice. <laughs> I know. I don't want you, I don't want you to grow because of me. 
I don't want you to. I want you to grow because the spirit within you is connected to the spirit of God. And as deep cries out to deep, everything in the storehouses of heaven are being drawn up through your roots. And that you are strong, saints, on every side. That you are strong where you're bearing fruit and you're strong where you're not. And that's okay. But that we have nothing to hide. It's not about us. It's about God. I'm just going to heart for two seconds on this whole spiritual leadership thing. Because it's not really spiritual leadership when, it, when it's the thing that's bringing our growth. It's flesh leadership. We're choosing to feed our flesh. And we're choosing leaders sometimes who will feed our flesh. If you're just here because Pastor Ashley makes you feel good when she sings, I got to check myself on that. Honestly, <laughs> Like, oh, Jesus, let me just. If you're just here because somebody makes you feel good, you're in the wrong place. You got to find a church where your spirit, man, is fed. You got to find a church where not only will you be baptized in the Holy Spirit so you can speak in tongues and blah, blah, blah. Guys, you're fed, you're, you're baptized in the spirit so that you have access to, to that place. So that there's now this thing in you that is surrendered to the wells of heaven. God brings the increase. A while back we preached a message and uh, we talked about the, the anointing breaking the yoke. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. And I talked about how that anointing, it literally means fat. Like the yoke on your neck breaks not because someone came along and prayed over it, but because your spiritual growth outgrows the bondage of your past. And, and so I'm not going to re-preach that message. It's in an archive somewhere maybe, or if not, then it probably shouldn't be. Um, our legal team might have had to take it out. I don't know. Um, but I want to say this because there's, there's a mini-series on TV now about... Uh, the, the rise and fall of big churches and big leadership. There's podcasts out there about mega churches and, and, and spiritual celebrities who aren't, it's, it's, we're, we're crossing over spirit and flesh too much to even put those, use those words interchangeably. Churches and church leadership. Some of you guys have watched these in there and, and, it's, and it's so hard, especially as, a spirit-filled Christian, especially as somebody who really lives and breathes and eats and, and dies on this stuff. But saints, we have to be careful because when too much of ourselves is wrapped up in any man, we will be failed. In the church, we're notorious for this. We turn men into our gods when they rise. And we turn our gods into spectacles when they fall. And then when they hit the ground, we turn that spectacle into one more excuse of why we don't take church seriously. I sow a seed, Apollos waters, but we're nothing. Seed is nothing without the supernatural process of growth. Watering is nothing. If you keep watering something and it's not growing, you're just going to kill it. 
but it's God who brings the increase. Let's stand up. There's some people in this room this morning, and I, uh, I want to say something to you because I feel like it's a word from the Lord. And so I want you to hear me because this is for somebody here. You are, you are focused on the things that have been cut off from you in the past. You're focused on the ministries that you had or the favor that you had or the blessing that you had or the, the fruitfulness that you had. And it's everything, everything about life in your vocabulary is spoken of in past tense. The Lord sees you. He knows you. And he would say to you this morning, and I'm not going to say it in King James, so hopefully you can still take it seriously. I believe the Lord would say to you this morning that your purpose is bigger than the things that have been cut off from you. Your destiny is bigger than the things that have been cut off from you. I would challenge you this morning, saints, as I have been challenged to move into this season knowing that every hard place, every hard pasture was not a failure, but a place where the Lord wanted to bring about spiritual growth. Listen to me. You look back and you still feel hungry because your flesh wasn't fed in that place. Your pride wasn't fed. Your ego wasn't fed. Your satisfaction wasn't fed. Your rubric of, of whatever would have been good for you wasn't fed in that place. But the Lord said, no, I starved that for a reason. I prepared a table, but it was for your spirit. You can still go back and eat. You can still go back and receive. And in our prayers, my challenge is this, Holy Spirit, what was my spirit supposed to receive in that season? Holy Spirit, what were the deeper places in me supposed to be fed in a place that I marked as famine, but you called it a feast? In a place that I said was barren, but you said it was bountiful? In a place that I said was dry, but you said it's dripping with honey. If you would just open the mouth of your spirit and receive, I will bring the increase. But Paul let me down. Apollos failed me. If you get anything today, get this. You can't trust church leadership. I trust church leadership about as much as I trust the CDC. We sow seed. We sow seed. We fertilize. We do our best to pull out the weeds. We're trying to hold ourselves up to the Lord. Just as you are, we're trying to, you know, compare images with Jesus and be imitators of, of Christ. We're, trying, we're going down this road, but guess what? We're going to mess this thing up. And when we do, it might mean that you have to move from Paul to Apollos 
or from Apollos to Bartholomew or from Bartholomew to Charles or from Charles to Daniel or from Daniel to Edward or from Edward to Frank or from Frank to Gary, from Gary to Harry. The, the, the thing is we can go right down the alphabet of, every, of everybody who's going to sow seed in water. But at the end of the day, none of it's anything if it's not the Father bringing the growth. Saints, we're not here to feed your flesh. I'm not here to feed your flesh. In fact, there may be a moment or two in time when I borderline offend your flesh. But it's my prayer that your spirit man is never grieved. It is my greatest prayer that the spirit of God within you can become more unified with your spirit that this is a place where when healing takes place it does so for the sake of spiritual maturity that we can grow into that purpose into that destiny that's bigger the father brings the increase so lord we submit ourselves to that end this morning god i pray right now that all over this room lord that the the, the things, Lord, that have let us down, the, the green pastures that looked green till we hopped the fence and then they were just, just a landfill. God, I pray that those moments, those seasons, that we would look back and we would, we would allow you, Holy Spirit, to reveal to us what it was that was meant to grow. Because you take, as Pastor Daniel said, you take everything that the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. Every dry place every barren place, every wilderness wandering, Lord. It was so something would die in our flesh and something in our spirit would grow stronger. Father, forgive us when we look at our fruit or the fruit of others and we make a, some sort of spiritual determination. God, I pray that, that as we are fruit inspectors, Lord, at the same time, it would be that invisible thing it would be that eternal thing within us that's always growing, that's reaching out to eat, Lord, to move past the milk. God, so that when, when, when the, the tempests roar, when the tsunami waves roll in through the news on TV, through the, through the social issues and cultural issues, God, that we have grown strong and our roots have grown deep because it was you who brought the increase. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, God bless you guys. Have the best day of your lives. We'll see you next week. This is Pastor Zach and you've been listening to HPC Sermon Notes. Love you guys. God bless you and have the best day of your life.